Hi, and welcome to the podcast, a hodgepodge of conversations about meaningful things that people are doing out in the world and in their communities. My name is Rachel, and I'm your host. Let's begin by taking a moment to honor the land upon which we live. Taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. I live on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations, and I'm incredibly grateful to be here. On today's episode, I am overjoyed to welcome April Bellia, intuitive coach, business consultant, entrepreneur, mom, philanthropist, and the list goes on. I've personally received coaching from April myself, and from the very minute I met her, I was drawn to her energy and her enthusiasm. She brings such a wealth of experience, a desire to impact positive change, and a heart filled with love. Welcome, April. Thanks, Rachel. Nice to be on here. Oh, it's so great to have you. I'm hoping you can introduce yourself, um, share a little bit about you and what you might think listeners would like to know about you. Okay. Well, thank you um, for the intro that you did, because that really encompasses the majority of who I am and what I do. Definitely a mom of three teenagers, um, 17, 18, and 20 at this point. And I'm, I've been an entrepreneur and uh, I sold a company. So now I am a full-time life coach, a business advisor and consultant, but I also like to call myself an initiator and an activator because I'm definitely an action-based coach and I like to plant seeds. <laughs> so that makes me a gardener too. Um, mm. You know, planting ideas and hoping to inspire people into inspired action, actually, so um, that they can get on their journey to manifesting their dreams. Hmm. I just love listening to you. I <laughs> picture this garden and I picture people with, I don't know, it's almost like a musical with people just with their dreams coming true. And I'm intrigued. I'm so intrigued by what you do, even though I already know a little bit about what you do. So where should we begin? I, we could take this conversation in so many directions. So which path should we choose first? Uh, let's talk about, yeah, just this, the garden and the seed planting, um, people that I've worked with, maybe even your own experience of, of what it was like to work with me and what came out of it, because I don't always follow up. But then, um, like I, I started this networking group, you know, 10 years ago called Serendipity Tea Party. And that word, serendipity, carries like so much meaning to me and I've noticed a lot of serendipity moments in my life and I wanted people to recognize that this can also happen for them mm. and so you know we would get together for networking and I would just create the space right like create the space and invite a bunch of women and then see where that goes whether it mm. was collaborations or friendships 
deep friendships um, and knowing that we could support each other through not only business challenges, but personal ones as well. Hmm. It sounds very holistic. And from what I know of you, that, that sounds like who you are. Could you expand a little bit about some of the connections that were created as a result of the serendipity tea party? Yeah, definitely. Well, the tea parties were created when I founded my business called Granola Girl in 2011. And a year before that, a year before my first tea party, I had heard reading by my friend Baljeet, who um, had a vision of me surrounded by women with chandeliers having tea and, you know, like the whole tea party theme. And I thought that was cool, but I kind of forgot about it. But when I started my business, um, you know, networking is really important. So I started going to other networking events such as BNI. And when I had my first experience, I thought, oh, come on, guys, like, if this is all <laughs> there is to BNI and networking, I can do better. And that's how an entrepreneur thinks, right? It's like, have these experiences and how can I enhance it or just make it 10 times better? So I just decided to host my own networking event uh, based on the women and entrepreneurs that I knew who were actually in the wedding industry because I was just coming out of like the wedding cake business before mm. I started Granola Girl. So I invited seven friends. Oh. Baljeet invited seven friends. Oh. Her friends were more the intuitive and service-based coaches, oh. whereas my friends were the product and wedding-based um, oh. products. So, you know, we had this merge of spiritual, intuitive, psychic with the business women. And it was just a beautiful marriage of learning from each other and learning that I, for me, for myself, um, how to tap into my intuition to make better business decisions. And that was 10 years ago. Wow. So, <laughs> so that's where I met all the coaches and I was just in awe. I had never been, you know, um, introduced or in the same room with so many other life coaches who were also psychics, intuitives, mediums, channelers. And I was just so fascinated that I signed up with every single one of them just to to know what they do. And little did I know that I was setting myself up for something that I could also do later on in the future and help people. <laughs> so, Amazing. so that's what came out of that experience, which is just like miraculous, I think. And the women, yeah. the women that I, that I got to meet, like it was, it was through the, that group that I met you, you know, yes. it was like someone knew someone who invited someone else. And it's like, you should know her, we should invite her. And then the goddess gatherings, you know, um, sprang out of that too. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. I just started saying yes to everything that felt um, that felt like it made my heart sing. So that was a collaboration with Rosewood and I. And, you know, Rose and I met at the yoga studio where she was working and I was a member. And after going to a few of my events, Rose said, you know, we, ha we know so many amazing women um, instead of like signing up for classes or workshops, why don't we just start helping each other? And we have so much to learn from each other because, you know, all these women we knew were 
were experts in different fields. So whether it was talking mm -hmm. about essential oils or feminine energy, heart-based sales, uh, breath work, maybe people wanted to lead a class or a talk that they've been working on and before putting it out there, they had a chance to present it to the other women and get feedback so that they could, you know, polish it up and get it ready for a larger audience. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, that was such a wonderful, wonderful group. And it's interesting that you say you met Rose at the yoga studio, because that's where I met her too. So mm -hmm. that yoga studio was really Super such a place Viva. of connection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And through the goddess gatherings, that was the first time I had ever done jazz yoga, which you brought to the table. And I was like, this is awesome. Why aren't more studios doing this? And it was a really special experience, Rachel. Yeah, that was so, so lovely and such a wonderful opportunity to be with other women who were just supportive and there wasn't I yeah. didn't have the same sort of apprehension introducing something new to an audience I didn't know. So I felt very supported by that. Yeah. And no competition whatsoever. Right. Like we just recognized that everyone had gifts to share and a different way of presenting it. Like we could have had 20 yoga teachers and they would have all been different and awesome. Mm hmm. An area I've received coaching from April on is called Discover Your Sacred Gifts. In this next segment, April walks us through what that is and how she integrates her sacred gifts into her own life. Well, I encountered this program. It was a three-day program that I did outside of Vancouver, and it was founded and created by a local woman named Monique McDonald. And I guess at a certain time in my life where I was in a really low place, like a darker place, I was searching for something and someone suggested, hey, why don't you try this program? It was really beneficial and really helpful. And the teacher was amazing. And I just said, yes, I signed up for it. I found myself out in Abbotsford, stayed at a friend's place for three days, and I just absorbed all of this information, and I learned more about myself and what my sacred gifts are. So it's a series of 120 questions, very similar to like the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, and you would get a scores. So my top five gifts were revealed to me, and for the duration of the program, I was learning how to integrate those gifts into my everyday life. And we also learned about the feel on purpose formula. And I was like, great, you know, I'm going to find out what my gifts are and how I can feel on purpose. And so that really um, inspired me. And like, you know how it is, Rachel, like we'll take workshops and we kind of, we have our binder and then we kind of forget about it for a while, right? <laughs> we take another mm -hmm. workshop and then uh, it surfaced again about three years later when Monique was, was doing a course on certifying guides so that we could share this program with clients and spread the word. And her goal was to have sacred gifts known as widely as we use strengths finders. 
and wow. Myers-Briggs and Enneagram. And like how many people know about human design now that never knew about it like, you know, two years ago? So perhaps it yeah. can get to that level. And I definitely wanted to help her get, get it out there. Mm, yeah. Amazing. It's really important yeah. <laughs> because people are searching, right? How many people do you know who who are saying like, what's my purpose? What's my gifts? What's the meaning of life? And, and I'm like, all of those questions are addressed in this program. And I've learned to incorporate into a larger program so that if somebody wants to actually launch a business, it could be based on the foundation of knowing what your sacred gifts are. And it's very similar to strengths finder or strength finders, but with a more spiritual twist. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Because the thing I really appreciate about strength finders is that they encourage you to focus on your strengths instead of on what's difficult or what you might consider a weakness. Mm -hmm. And what I liked about the sacred gifts is that there is that holistic spiritual lens to it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it also identifies the people who have sensitivities you know, who are empaths, who are compassionate, who have the gift of foresight, who have the gift of healing and the gift of, um, um, oh gosh, there's, there's a gift of prayer mm -hmm. and there's, there's 24 gifts in total. So with strength finders, I feel like that questionnaire helps to identify what our skills are, right? Skills mm. that can be transferred into like a job, but the difference with sacred, sacred gifts is this is the essence of who you are. Right. That, right. That you would be using these gifts even if you weren't paid for it. <laughs> mm hmm Yeah. Yeah. So is there an alignment with the sacred gifts and, and like dharma or truth or life purpose? Yeah. Is that what I'm hearing? Definitely. Yeah. So um, after knowing what your sacred gifts are, that would be level level one. Level two is how to use those sacred gifts and plug it into the feel on purpose formula. So this is where Dharma comes in. And the formula is knowing what your gifts are, identifying what's meaningful to you, who's going to benefit from it, and what is the vehicle? Like what is the, the vehicle that's going to get your message and your gifts out into the world? Mm. So that's the formula, which essentially becomes a blueprint or a business plan, right? So it depends mm -hmm. whoever I'm working with. If they, if they use the language of dharma and purpose, you know, that's the direction I would go. But if it was someone mm -hmm. who was like, you know what, I really want to create a business that falls into alignment with who I am, then we go into the business lingo, and that's when I say, okay, well, this is, we're going to work on a business plan or a blueprint. Okay. So essentially, yeah. we're all going to come out at the end with feeling more fulfilled, feeling excited to start our day, no matter what it is you're doing. Because mm -hmm. if your dharma is doing what you love, turning it into a business is what's going to really light you up right? And allow you to make money doing it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's like, 
there's that question and it's in so many, so many of the books and the teachings. It's like, if you could get up tomorrow Mm -hmm. and do what you love to do and money wasn't an object, what would that be? Exactly. That sounds like what you're creating for your clients. Well, exactly. And I had to also create it for myself. So when Mm -hmm. I got to this crossroads of, okay, well, I've ran the Granola Girl business for 10 years. I've gotten into mentorship and coaching. Um, Where, in which industry am I using five out of five of my gifts? Mm. So I kind of made a list, right? I made a mental list and, and I know what my gifts are. They're vision, encouragement, wise counsel, hospitality, and extraordinary trust. So if I weigh those gifts against Granola Girl, I would probably tick two or three out of the five boxes. Yet, if Mm -hmm. I take the coaching industry or coaching aspect of what I do, it was a five out of five. And I was like, wow. Okay. So Granola Girl, you know, maybe the passion was fading. It had its time. It was time to move on and release that. But now I get to go into something where all my five gifts are being utilized and I get to help people using my gifts and being in my gifts. So I was like, Mm -hmm. this is kind of a no brainer. I've finally discovered Mm -hmm. something where I feel in total alignment to my purpose and who I am. So I would give a lot of talks where a lot of people, you know, on the surface or externally look like they have it all right. They've, mm-hmm. they've got, you know, the house, the money, the family and, and everything. Yet there was always something missing. So I would say, let's do your sacred gifts inventory. And then there was a, there would be a part of them that if you have a gift or talent that's not being used, you're not feeling in full and total alignment. So I would say, mm-hmm. what is it that you stop doing in your life that you need to pick up again? that you need to reintroduce Mm. into your life. And, you know, I'm going to give like a specific example. Okay. There was this one woman who I'm really good friends with and I did the sacred gifts inventory with her. And I said, I don't understand. Like, what is this gift of sensitivity? And she said, Oh, well, you know, when I was a teenager, when I was 20 years old, I used to read palms I had like tarot cards and I was like reading palms. Like I would go to a party, people would line up, I would read their palms. And then next thing you know, like people were calling me to read their palms. But then her parents got upset and her mom took away her tarot cards and said, stop doing that. Don't do that anymore. Wow. And so the gifts revealed that this was a gift. And that she had set it aside because her parents didn't want to be um, embarrassed or her parents were embarrassed and didn't, didn't want her to continue pursuing that. And I said, well, if you picked it up again, would it make you happier? And she's like, oh, yeah, I can do it easily. I just am I'm really out of practice. I never talk about it. <laughs> and I said, but you know me and, and you know this is like so fascinating to me. So I hope you can you know, come to that place again where, where you do start helping people with that. So, you know, maybe she will take it up again. (laughs) Well, I have to tell you, my arm hairs are standing up as you're telling Mm -hmm. this story. So 
if that's any indication. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I'm going to give her a little nudge. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can tell her about my arm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I do. I, I also have this gift of kind of pushing people to their edge. <laughs> yeah. And then actually pushing them off. I'd love off. to talk about that yeah, a little. Yeah, perfect. April and I have very different styles of coaching. And I was so curious to learn more about her actions-based approach, which she defines in this next segment. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us a little bit about, like, let's say I was your client, yeah. put me in a hypothetical yeah. example and show us what that looks like. Okay. So I am an action-based coach. Um, I am, <laughs> I'm an Aries, first of all. Um, I'm also a tiger and I'm an enthusiast. Oh. <laughs> so right. all of those things that make up pretty much who I am at the core is I can't keep things to myself. Okay. If I hear of something, if I have like an amazing experience, if I eat like at a great restaurant, I have to tell people about it. I can't just, you know, go there, have my experience and keep quiet. So, mm -hmm. so I'm, I guess some people might call me pushy <laughs> or intense is the word. It's like, I will just keep digging and saying like, why not? There's just no way I can take no for an answer. So right. here's how that plays out. Say you were my client and we discover what your sacred gifts are. And one of them is, the sacred gift of simplicity. And hypothetically mm -hmm. speaking, <laughs> because this might not be you, um, say you are a hoarder. Say your space is just like full of clutter. There's clothes everywhere. You can't even access your closet. Um, there's like furniture piled up, not in the place where it's supposed to be. There's things hanging on the wall and it's just total chaos in your room. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. And, okay. and then we discover like one of your sacred gifts or your top gift is the sacred gift of simplicity, which means, you know, simple surroundings, physical environment breeds more creativity. You need to be in okay. a simple, pristine, you know, everything in its place, super organized space in order to be your most optimal self, okay? And if you're not, your life is going to be a reflection of your space. And this is for you specifically, okay? So if okay. my homework for you by the next call is, Rachel, I want you to clear out your clutter, donate a whole bunch of clothes, get on your Facebook buy nothing group and start giving things away, and you will notice how your energy shifts internally as you keep getting rid of more stuff. Hmm. Okay. You know, you know, what's interesting yeah. about this is that I think I am like that because I am a member of my buy nothing group and I love getting yeah, rid of stuff. Yeah, perfect. And did, yeah. was simplicity yeah. one of your gifts when we did your call? I don't think okay. it was, but. 
I, maybe it should well, be. I don't know. This is that true. Work? I mean, this is going to be true for a lot of people. I mean, look how popular Marie Kondo is, right? And the chaos cycle, yes. this is already the first step. Like, start clearing your physical space, start clearing your emotional space, start clearing your relationships that are toxic. But for a particular client, if she doesn't do her homework, I literally can't move forward. I'm like, how are we going to get to the life you desire if your foundation isn't, like, solid? She yeah. would she would make excuses or, you know, I, I don't feel inspired to. So I, as her coach, have to break it down into baby steps. I'm like, okay, let's start with one mm -hmm. corner of the room. Let's start with one bag. Let's um, get rid of 10 things today for an hour. And, and I have to, like, start digging what is going to be inspiring or motivating enough for her to actually do it. And how do you figure all that out? It's it's question. I, I can see when I'm talking to someone what lights them up. So for for you, for example, again, hypothetically speaking, say you love um, going for walks at the beach, right? And you're like, I need to go walk by the seawall like daily. I need to I need to recharge myself. And how I do that is by going for walks by the water. So I would say to you, okay, Rachel, you can't go for your walk by the water until you've spent an hour of decluttering and getting rid of 10 things. So if that mm -hmm. is your reward and you're motivated enough to do that, then you would hopefully, you know, if you don't go for your walk every day, you're going to start noticing like you're feeling really grumpy or you're feeling really drained so I have to figure out what lights them up so that it's going mm -hmm. to be significant enough for a change to occur. When going right. for your walk becomes more important that you have to do this, or it's like, you know, if you don't mm -hmm. do this today, your, um, your consequence will be like, you have to do 20 push-ups. You know, maybe, maybe it's, mm -hmm. it's like, mm -hmm. maybe it's a, it's a, a physical consequence, right? Or that would be hard. I can do 12 <laughs> push-ups. So 20 well, would be see, really But then, but then <laughs> the consequence would still have a positive benefit. Like you're going to get toned arms. Yeah. <laughs> right. I so like even though it feels like a consequence, <laughs> it's at least going to be, so it's almost like, you know, if, if you really want love going out to a restaurant, well, you know, you're just going to have to do five works of five hours of decluttering if you want to have a treat on Friday. Mm -hmm. Honestly, sometimes it just it could take three sessions to figure out to finally get you to do what you're supposed to do, and and at the in the end at the end of the day, if I still can't get through, I'm going to have to say, you know what? Um, if you want to create lasting change in your life. I'm going to tell you right now, and this is true for everyone, the year 2021 is the first year of a new decade, right? So I have my mm -hmm. own, like, um, guidance council of advisors who I trust and who I go to, and they tell me, April, 
if you want to create lasting change for the next 10 years, this is the year you have to do it. So this is the year where you have to call in um, good habits, become disciplined, work on your health, because if you don't accomplish that this year, you're going to be unhealthy for the next 10 years. Conversely, if you have something negative or toxic in your life and you don't address it this year or in the next three months, it's going to remain with you for the next 10 years. And who wants that? Like that to me is scary enough that I'm going to act this year or this this um, season so that I don't carry mm -hmm. it into the next 10 years. Right. It's like a new mm -hmm. cycle. Yeah. Well, and and going to the end of that, it's like when you have somebody who's really resisting that support from you, but then they actually get to the end of it and they look back. Yeah. It's like, wow, I never imagined I would <laughs> clean my room or declutter. Well, I had to pay someone to stuff. <laughs> tell me to do it. Right. But it feels good. But now I see that I'm amazing. Yes. And and I can do even more amazing things in the world. Like it's, it's such a, like sometimes, um, you know, I've worked with mentors who have, you know, sort of given me, given me advice, but strong advice, like it'll really help if you do this. And I sort of be begrudgingly mm -hmm. do it. But then I look back and I'm just like, wow, like they really knew what they were talking about because my life is so much easier exactly. now. Because so, we're on the other um, side of it. And I think the quality of a really good coach is that, we see the potential in others that they don't see in themselves, right? Because when you're stuck in the mud, you, you can't have that clarity as an observer. And sometimes, it's you so know, true. we might just see people and before they even finish telling you their problems, you're like, I know exactly what you need to do. But are you coachable? <laughs> yes. And yes. are you going to listen? A, that's a big question. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we, I think we practice very different styles of coaching, mm -hmm. but the coachable piece is a, it, that's a big one because not everybody wants to be coached. Yeah. Because a lot of people will just throw their money towards coaches and workshops and just say, you fix me without mm -hmm. actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that, that's, what it's all about. It's like, I can't, I can't do anybody no. else's work for them. No, we're just here for accountability. And I would say a lot of people who choose to work with me, knowing that I am an action coach, they're going to have to know what they're getting into, right? Like they mm -hmm. are, they are doubting themselves and their decisions. And they just need someone to say, yeah, that was a good choice now you can actually go and do it. But what comes along mm -hmm. with that is not being the kind of coach that people will have to depend on for every single decision they need to make. Mm -hmm. So now we're, mm -hmm. we're kind of segueing into another topic is I have to teach people how to trust, listen, and be guided by their own intuition instead of relying on me. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah. So how do you do that? So that's the intuitive coach part. <laughs> mm. Um, and you know what? This is the the intuitive part, like to add that 
took a huge, was a huge step for me. Like I was scared. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to put myself out there as an intuitive coach. And what was the reason for that? Um, because in the business world, I didn't think I would be taken seriously. I had a lot of stories wow. around per people, other people's perception of me. Uh, and maybe I didn't trust myself enough to believe I was an intuitive coach and needed a lot more validation before I felt confident enough to add it on my, on my title. Right. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it's it can be challenging to trust what we can't see. And I remember um, doing some of my Reiki training and we were talking about that. Even the teachers were saying that sometimes they just marvel at how how does this actually work? Like we don't actually understand, but it's so amazing and we trust mm -hmm. it. But but then when you start to try to intellectualize it, it's just like. You just can't. Yeah. 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 It's so true. And I knew for myself, the only people that I wanted to work with, even professionally, had to have that intuitive piece about them. Mm -hmm. um, so that I knew we were at least speaking the same language. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yes. So because there's so many things that you don't have to actually say out loud, but you know, you have the same values, right? You, we know you were yeah. operating under the same system, which is like the gal galactic universal <laughs> system. <laughs> and, yeah. and I know and trust that if they're operating under that type of software, then we got mm -hmm. this. Like, you know, yeah. I don't need to see credentials. I don't need to really have a lot of references if I know you're operating under that guidance. That's so true. That's so true. And it's so hard to explain that. Yeah. And hopefully you don't have to because people get it. Yeah. 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 You're right. And, and like you said, if you have to start intellectualizing it and defending yourself or selling yourself from that perspective, then it's, it's a no. Yeah. It's a story. Yeah. You're not a client for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you, yeah, if your intuition is saying no, then yeah. If I have, have to no. explain, because <laughs> another interesting thing is on my Instagram, I, I just put a hashtag like starseed and that's how they find me. And, and even if nobody oh. knows what that word starseed is, they get curious and they're like, that drew me to at mm -hmm. least have a discovery call. And, and I said, well, right. are you ready to go down a rabbit hole? <laughs> so, <laughs> cause you took the step, right. And you made the call and you initiated it. So let's go there. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason yeah. you followed, you followed that path here or that little. Exactly. And it just means for us that we have to be really clear on our marketing and our language and who we want to attract without having to like, we don't want to mislead anyone and say, yeah, I'm going to help you yeah. build a business, but this is how I operate. And they're like, I had no idea. And this is not for me. I'm like, good. I want to work with people who mm -hmm. are self-selecting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
And I mean, that's, that's you living your sacred mm-hmm. gifts. I don't want to hide. I don't want to hide that. I don't want to be unexpressed, right. Or have to change who I am to fit into someone else's mold just to get that client. I admire that so much about you. And I mean, you have, you have, as I mentioned, so much experience as an entrepreneur, as a businesswoman, as a female running a business or as a woman running a business, it's that, that alone comes with its own challenges. Um, But yeah, when you're stepping into this, this whole new paradigm, that must open up so much, so much more. And I almost feel like we could have a part two to this conversation, but we have to kind of start to wrap it up. So um, I want to know from you what you're currently, so you, you mentioned a little bit about the type of coaching that you're doing. So what, what is a project or a program that you're offering right now that our listeners should know about? Well, thank you for the opportunity to share it because I just created a program that's still in beta form and it's called the Optimistic Entrepreneur. And this is, you know, for creative visionaries, for empaths, for aspiring entrepreneurs who want to launch an aligned and soulful business in nine weeks. So Mm. in this way, they get to work with me on what I call the ABCs of a soulful business. And what those ABCs Mm -hmm. stand for are alignment, belief, and connection. And Mm. it doesn't matter whether you launch a business at the end of it or not. You're definitely going to have a lot more clarity on if you're finding a job, you're going to know exactly what type of job is going to make you excited to wake up every day. Or if you have the seeds or ideas of launching a business, this is going to provide a lot more clarity as to who your potential clients might be or how you want to present it. What's the best platform? And again, it will circle back um, to what are your sacred gifts. Right. So what was that again? Alignment, belief, connection? Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, if you want to, if you want an action-based coach who is going to help you launch a business in nine weeks, (laughs) April is the person you need to call. Um, And I will put your information in the show notes. Um, But where can our listeners find you? Well, I'm super accessible on Instagram. My personal is at April Maybellia and the optimistic entrepreneur is just um, an account that's full of positive quotes that, uh, you know, you can incorporate into your feed when you're looking at um, when you're like, you know, swiping through (laughs) these quotes are just really meant Mm -hmm. to uplift you. And, you know, sometimes we're just having one of those days and you never know what's going to pop up to hopefully turn it around. And on, mm-hmm. on Facebook, I'm also really accessible, April Maybellia, and I have a group called the Serendipity Collective. And that's where, you know, there's a lot more discussions that are a little bit more out of the box. And I know there's a lot of people who are going to be listening who are craving to have those kind of conversations they can't have with like their current friend family. So mm-hmm. when they want to talk about yeah. like healing modalities, um, 
that are quite different from the mainstream, this is the safe place to do that. You know, we're just a whole bunch of weirdos, Amazing. but <laughs> in a cool way. <laughs> yeah, making the world a better exactly. place while you're at it. Too. Embrace the crazy. So, it's amazing. <laughs> as as we giggle away here. Um, I want to, well, it's perfect because I want to take us to our close by ending with a little Great. bit of fun. So I know I've <laughs> laughed with you a lot and there's a word that... Um, that I think you invented, and this word is galactivated. Yeah, it's awesome. So, <laughs> it is an awesome word. And I remember we were in a in a really amazing yoga yeah. nidra class, and you had this you had this yoga mat with, I think it had yeah, the planets like or something on it. Yeah, is that right? Galaxy theme. Yeah. So we came out of this this amazing yoga nidra and you shared that word with us. So tell us, what does this word mean to you? And how do you integrate fun into your very full life? Well, fun has to be had every day. Um, if it's not fun, why are we doing it? And you can make the mundane pretty fun too, just by like playing good music, right? And having good mm -hmm. friends. So there are definitely, you know, people in my life who just make me laugh. And I love them a bit. And, you know, I don't necessarily have to call them every day to stay connected. But it's, it's ultimately guided. It's like, what do I need right now? Who would I need to speak to right now? Or maybe I don't need to speak to anyone, but just pick up a book that I have. And that's going to be fun, but in a more introspective way. And as far as Galactivated goes, these yoga mats, I feel like, you know, when we were doing that yoga nidra class, I felt like it was a portal because Camelia, our teacher, just led us through this journey. And I don't know where she took us, but mm -hmm. I definitely went up to the stars and, and I was just transported. I probably fell asleep. And when she brought us back, I was just like, I felt like I had, you know, a full night's sleep. And I was, I was super energized mm -hmm. and I felt like I had gone to some place and, and gotten ideas and creative solutions. So Galactivated to me means you are working and co-creating with the universe. You know, there are forces unseen um, that we're affected by and can be affected by in a positive way. You know, um, mm -hmm. I, I don't really enjoy <laughs> seeing a lot of posts when it's Mercury retrograde because that's a focus on the negative, or at least it's a warning, like, you know, just be careful, which is fine. But I would rather focus on mm -hmm. what happens when that's done. What, what can I, can I do next? You know, let's join with the universal forces that are going to help propel us and send us on a rocket ship towards what we ultimately want and desire. Hmm. <laughs> I love that. You really are. <laughs> do you feel like inspired to act right now? That. Like, what are you going to go do after this, Rachel? <laughs> I really do. Well, I might go for a walk on nice. the seawall, actually. I think oh you gosh. inspired me. It is such a beautiful day. It's a beautiful spring day. And um, April, thank you so, so much for joining us. I think one of the things I'm really going to take away from this conversation um, 
that's all I already know, but you're really landing it for me is the importance mm-hmm. of having a network and of having your people to support you. So thank you. Thank you for sharing your you're story. Welcome. And um, maybe we'll get you on again. But yeah, we'll we'll post your info in the show notes. And thank you, Rachel. Have a wonderful day, too. Uh, thanks. You too. Okay. Thank you, April Bellia, and thank you to all of you for tuning in to episode three of the podcast. We covered a lot of ground today from the entrepreneurial perspective to serendipity, sacred gifts, how to build a soulful business, and the importance of networking. Above all, we talked about connection and the importance of supporting one another and lifting each other up. I hope you'll tune in to future episodes of the podcast as we hear meaningful stories of the work people are doing to make positive changes in the world. I'm your host, Rachel, and I'll see you next time.